1: Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in DC. Today, my guest is Scully. She's a passionate Iranian American lawyer. She's focused on the rule of law and stopping the authoritarianization of the United States. We're going to talk about, among other things, the women's movement and protests in Iran, as well as current events. Now, Scully is remaining anonymous. We will talk about that when we are on the show. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com startmeup, and don't forget... You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Please enjoy my conversation with Scully.
0: Welcome to the show, Scully. Hi, Kimberly. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, okay. So, first of all, I want everyone to know you and I have been Twitter friends for years. Like, years. (laughs) Yeah. From, like...
0: The early days, yeah, early days, and um, early 2017, I
1: think. I think so, and so you know, we we met each other because we're in groups and it's like DM groups, and uh, we've talked about you being on the show before, and you reached out to me recently, and uh, okay, so a couple of different things. I know that you're an attorney, and you and I had said in the intro your primary focus. Oh no, I did not say this. Your primary focus is on intellectual property, patents, trademarks, and copyrights. But you've also uh, worked in other areas. So what I want you to do is just let everybody know who you are, basically what you do, and then why you're choosing to remain anonymous.
0: Absolutely, thank you. Yes, I'm a I'm a patent attorney, and I work on Patents, trademarks, copyrights, primarily uh, intellectual property focus. but uh-huh. there are other actions that I've worked on, such as a class act, federal class action uh, lawsuits and other federal law. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm familiar with that, but it's all been from the civil side. Uh, okay. The reason I choose to be anonymous, I have a couple of different reasons. One is I have a very unusual name, mm-hmm. so that would immediately yeah. expose me mm-hmm. uh to my family is very politically active it's like known family in iran uh, and they have agents here all over the country and you just i don't want that harassment mm-hmm. and finally from a career standpoint because of the type of work i do the types of clients that uh we usually have are corporate clients Mm -hmm. and also a lot of law firms are pretty stuffy about (laughs) some of, (laughs) you know, what, what you do on social media. So this way I can have that freedom without worrying about, well, what if this person sees this or what if, um, you know, my boss sees that and it could be a career killer in that sense.
1: Yeah. And so I just wanted everybody to understand that because I know, you know, I mean, you're not out there, pushing some crazy either you know idea or conspiracy (laughs) we're just going to have a regular old conversation and it's totally understandable. i mean i've had a couple of people i've had joe from jersey on the show and i mean honestly i don't even know if i remember her last name (laughs) so so, you know but it's i understand the reason why people would want to remain god sometimes i wish i could be anonymous but (laughs) too late for
0: that (laughs) you know it's so funny that you said that because I'm taking a little bit of a sabbatical from uh, from where I was working before and just trying to figure out if I want to start my own firm or not. Mm. And I, I am considering – well, this is all before the Iran stuff too that just makes it harder for me. But mm-hmm. I, in considering whether I should be myself, a lot of friends said I wish I could go back sometime, so think about yeah. it.
1: So <laughs> yeah, I mean it's funny. I understand that. It's funny because I mean you can google me now and you'll see like everything I've ever done, but uh right. prior to my big mouth political uh I guess you could call it career, I I couldn't find me on the internet anywhere. I was and I kind of wow. liked it, you know, I kind of liked being I liked that people couldn't find me. And at then didn't. it was just like Okay, now everybody can find me. So (laughs) I'm everywhere, which works for you and works against you. So it's just life. All right. So enough about me. Uh, I would I do not know enough about this, what's happening in Iran. And this is when you messaged me. You talked about this. So I just want to give you the floor and say whatever you want, (laughs) because I'm going to learn from you. (laughs) I'm going to learn stuff now. We all are going to learn some stuff.
0: And, and feel feel free to interrupt me um, at any point or for any classification or anything that you um, have questions on. Um, and I did reach out to you because I've seen a lot um, a post in the community and just based on what the news is that, You know, the the Iranian-American community specifically Mm -hmm. feels like a lot of people don't know what's going on, and even including the protests that have been in the U.S. by Iranian-Americans and allies. Like, I think last weekend we had 50,000 people or, sorry, 30,000 people in uh, Los Angeles. And the week before that, I think, was even more. Mm. But the mainstream media and a lot of influencers aren't amplifying and this is causing some hurt among the community, Um, especially because there's a lot of disinformation that goes Mm -hmm. with that, too. So um, there's just I wanted to have an opportunity to talk to you and maybe talk about some of the things that are going on in the community and especially in Iran and what the women's movement is. Um, I'm sure that you know, as most people by now, that the protests in Iran, which I refer to as a women's movement, and I think that that's an accurate movement, mm-hmm. uh, an accurate statement, um, started following the death of a 22-year-old girl, a Kurdish girl, um, who named Masa Amini and she was traveling to Tehran and she, I believe it was on a bus or a train and there's some conflicting reports about what happened as some say that her trousers were apparently too tight and others say it was her hair, but for whatever reason, the morality police picked her up and right off the train, she didn't really make it to the family members house she was trying to go to, and she was screaming and begging for them to let her go, and they, they took her. And then, within several days, it turned out that she had died, oh, with God. um, and you know, under, under, uh, with within the control of the government, mm-hmm. you know, because she was in custody at mm-hmm. the time, and so that just was like the spark that fueled these protests mm-hmm. and. Since then, all, many more have died, have been killed. Um, there are lots of videos coming out, although it's hard to know, it's hard to verify the information coming out. Mm-hmm. But so there are some sources that people could turn to, but uh, the videos show disgusting enforcement of the hijab law of beatings, of uh, sexual assaults on women, because the assumption is that, you know, if you're not wearing your hijab properly, then you're a whore. Mm -hmm. So what you really want is to be raped and all these disgusting things that they do. Uh, So it, it, which has only fueled this movement because, I think the women are just so fed up at this point, and the population in general uh, is so fed up at this point that they're just not going to stop until they win, because Hmm. they would rather die, Mm -hmm. and many of them would rather die than to continue living like this, under this strict regime. Wow. Wow. That's just I know. a lot. I mean,
1: you know, obviously <laughs> we're seeing things over here not quite as extreme, but right. they're certainly heading in that direction. And so, you know, what do you make of these protests? Now, Do you do you, you said that they're not going to stop until they win. So how much faith do you have in their win? And then on top of that, how long do you think this
0: could take? So it, it's I go back and forth with it, but... From the early days of these protests, it just felt very different to me that I've been following the protests and been active since uh, 1999. Mm -hmm. And even before that, my family, my parents were always talking about what's going on in Iran. And this is the first time I felt that change is going to actually happen, like real change. Uh, So I'm very hopeful for them. I think that they I think the biggest issues is that they need comp- cooperation
1: mm-hmm.
0: from the West and you know other human rights and um, democracy mm-hmm. uh, lovers, I should say, mm-hmm. who who would help them, mm-hmm. you know, with because the government cuts off the internet, the government, yeah. you know, chases people into alleys. And so there's no cameras. Um, They do all kinds of crazy things because the thing they hate the most is exposure. Yeah. Um, So, but I think that they've just had it. When you see these little girls, they won't stop. They know. Mm -hmm. They know that they could die. They know that they could be beaten. They Mm -hmm. know they could be raped. And they have made this choice It reminds me of uh, Lesson 20 from Timothy Snyder's On Tyranny. Which, which is, be as courageous as you can, and it, it's something along the lines of, um, unless some of us are willing to die for freedom, all of us will live under tyranny. Wow, and uh, I and I feel like these women have reached that point, and as well as their allies, because mm-hmm. it's not just a protest about the veil or even just women; they are asking for regime change consistently, um, which is the first time I've heard these in public. Wow. Uh, Although I went to Iran in 2000 and I didn't meet anybody really that was super pro-regime. Of course, my family is not, has always been uh, pro-secular democracy, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, even just getting into a taxi or anything at that point, a lot of people were just dissing the regime. So I don't think it's new. I think right. for us, it looks new because they're actually having the courage to mm-hmm. say it out on the streets. Mm-hmm. And they've recognized that reforms are just inconsistent with the theocracy. Mm-hmm. So Did you I experience... really have a lot of confidence.
1: That's wonderful. And I'm curious, how much, I mean, Were you born in the United States?
0: No, I was born there, and my family moved here before the revolution, and I was was really little, but I have some memories, I think they were just, like, held in place Mm -hmm. uh, from when I was three, and... um, moved here they intended to go back my dad was getting a graduate degree and then we stayed here me and my mom and they my dad went back and forth and then he came for a visit and a couple of days later the revolution happened and Hmm. he didn't go back wow
1: (laughs) wow um, what I mean, I know you said you would like people who are like pro-democracy. They, mm-hmm. We all need to stand up. And so now that I'm listening to you, I mean, I believe I might have, tw- I mean, I've certainly never tweeted anything of my own opinion just because I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with enough to say anything. And, uh, you know, I've seen a couple of the protests and I have retweeted them. But what is your advice to just somebody like me who who isn't, you know, a, a big name or anything. How how do we just regular people on Twitter? How can we help this? How can we help along this
0: movement? Uh, well, first, I think if if anybody has any Iranian Americans in their lives, uh, you know, reach out to them because we are collectively going through hell right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is the first time I've seen the community be very engaged, like mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, Attending a local protest in support of the movement would mean a lot to the protesters. Uh, Amplifying posts and articles from trusted accounts, uh, writing your own posts if you have knowledge of the movement. Right. You you know, and uh, just being careful as to what, what you say because you don't want... You want to be supportive and echoing what the what the demonstrators and run what the women the movement want. Uh, using the hashtag uh women life freedom, which is the slogan of this movement. Women is it women life freedom? Yes. Okay. Zan Zendiki do That that's how you say it in Persian. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, women life freedom. Uh, using hashtag Iranian revolution uh and 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 just trying to find some trusted accounts which I would be happy to share
1: mm-hmm.
0: to uh that you can amplify that seem or resources too you know of course right. an article on in uh unless it's a complete opinion piece right uh, in in some of the mainstream newspapers there are there are a lot of articles recently but I don't Really, I never receive a notification from Washington Post or New York Times. I have to go digging for these articles. Hmm. So that's what I mean. I mean, they sort of exist, right. but it's yeah. harder, it's harder to find. Uh, and encourage others to do so. One of the complaints I've seen a lot in on Twitter, especially is where are the Me Too people? And I mm-hmm. think that's not a fair assessment because of course these were different. Yeah. Uh, you know, movements as well as, um, a lot of people like yourself d- are being considerate because you don't want to say the wrong thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you don't care. Whereas with me too, we knew what that was about mm-hmm. everybody. So I think that that was part of it. Part of it is that I saw a lot of people being like, where are the me too leaders? Mm-hmm. You know, why aren't they saying anything? And I think, and I have to say they're most the ones that I see saying that the influence that I see saying that are generally Republican of Iranian <laughs> Republicans I know I know and then and then of course like people like not necessarily him but like Don Jr. Yeah. amplify these types of things right yes. you know anytime exactly. and there's so much disinformation and misinformation out there wow. in general and now with midterms there are a lot of bad actors that yeah. are that are just Co-opting movements, and you know what I'm trying to get out. Yeah, of yeah, information. Yeah.
1: What I what I can't help but think about is, I mean, obviously, what's oh been going on in Iran has been going on for mm-hmm. some time, and Excellent. the you know people have lived under these extremist situations, violence, and all of it, and you know we see it, and it doesn't necessarily touch us when it comes to we're not worried about you know getting arrested because of the clothes we're wearing at this point but america is heading in such a dangerous direction and while mm-hmm. we may not become you know communist russia while we not may not become what it's like in iran right now we're going to have our own version if the republicans right. take control and i think one of the key things here is the you know the extremism has been going on for so long and now after i don't know how many years and maybe you can tell me how many years that that people are standing up women and their allies are standing up to fight but look what they've had to endure for so long before they say finally i am willing to get up and die for my freedom i think we need to kind of take a look at that and kind of switch over to the united states and if republicans win then we're going in that direction for I don't know how many years or decades until Americans say, I have had enough. Because they're, only go- they're not going to start off as extreme as they will become after a period of time. Um, what I'm wondering, too, from you is, what kind of Iran do you see emerging when these uh, protests are successful and change comes? What's the change that you're expecting?
0: I am hoping for a secular democracy I think that's what the country wants mm-hmm. although there are there, there, there are there seem to be a good portion of the population who wouldn't mind going to a constitutional monarchy mm-hmm. which would still have a parliament um, and the king wouldn't have as much say in government. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what a lot of people, leaders in the movement, which the movement sort of doesn't have leaders, but there are a lot of you know political activists mm-hmm. in in the diaspora, and are asking for are um, you know a, a United Nations support, U.S. support, a transitional government, uh, and to have a referendum after that for. A, a democracy and i i think religion would not be a part of it at that point i mm-hmm. think they would i think if if bad actors let me just backtrack i think if bad actors and others who are going to try to take advantage of the situation weren't in the p- picture that they would it, but but they were but the protesters were also receiving help from the u.s mm-hmm. the government that Iranians want is something similar to what they perceive the US mm. and Western democracies Interesting. to be. Hmm.
1: That would the, be the population. Amazing. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that would be amazing if that
0: happens. I know. And I think nothing would I mean that would be nothing would get us closer to peace in the Middle East yeah. than a secular democracy in Iran. And and the the one thing that's different about Iran from a lot of other countries. Uh, is that it's a very highly educated population? Mm-hmm. Uh, like sixty percent of university students are women. Hmm. Uh, I know, I know, <laughs> and um, and and of course, women can't get paid less. Yeah. You know, can't have um certainly not equal rights. Right, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's very educated. They're very um, in tune with what's happening throughout politics. They're technologically savvy. Mm -hmm. So they've figured out ways to get around uh, the government, throttling (laughs) the internet and things like that. So it's, it's different from a lot of other movements in that aspect of the education and the political nature of just how the culture is and how the younger people are very much in tune. And they also know about the corruption of the government. They're not buying the oh, yeah. bullshit the government says about, you know, this is what God wants and that sort right. of thing. Because they've seen how much ways <laughs> how <laughs> how much corruption the government has. And some of that stuff has been exposed. Wow. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, and it's been 43 years of this regime. Wow. And, Right, and I I think that uh, so many people didn't think it would last even five years, e- including my family. Uh, okay, well
1: then there's a, another reason for us to not be idiots.
0: It's <laughs> coming uh, election. It's very difficult to go back. Yes. From, and I I'm very you know you brought up this great point. I'm very concerned about our country. I see things. I mean, Trump just the other day. Uh, said in a rally that if peop- if journalists don't give their mm-hmm. sources, like basically forget about, not these words, but forget about due process. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put them in prison mm-hmm. where they'll get raped until they talk. Yeah. I mean, that to me sounds like, I, d- I don't want to completely compare it with Iran because right. it's so different. There's absolutely no due process there. There's no legal recourse, and we mm-hmm. still have that here. But eventually, if things go the way the Republicans want, I, I'm not sure we would have those things. I no, think we the wouldn't. difference ultimately would be Christianity and whiteness versus, mm-hmm. you know, Shia, Islam, and Iran. I just yeah. don't think it would be very different.
1: Yeah, it would, it would be fucking awful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be back after this message. Hey, it's Kimberly. Are you a patron of the show yet? If you're not, it's really easy to become one. So easy. Just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the different tiers. Choose the one you like and become a patron today. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Okay, we are back. You know, I'll, I'll just be real upfront and transparent that when... Uh, we decided to do this this email, this show, I asked Mm -hmm. you to send over some things that you wanted to bring up because I'm not Mm -hmm. so well-versed in this. So one of the things that you said to me was that there was, it was something about the midterms in in Iran, a pocket of Twitter. Mm -hmm. Republicans look like they're winning the narrative. Can you, can you just talk about that? Because I'm not sure what that's about.
0: Sure. So I, I watched a lot of Twitter and as, as, you know, we've been in rooms together. We know, you know, some of us. We you you and I both know how much disinformation is yes. out there on Twitter, yeah, for sure, and and misinformation. Really, yeah. of course, disinformation is deliberate, and misinformation is mistake. Um, so, what I've been seeing on Twitter are sort of bad takes by Democrats, for one or tastes that can be interpreted the different, a different way. And then those getting amplified like crazy mm. by not just Iranian Americans who are innocent and they just don't know, uh, they don't know the full context mm-hmm. or, um, and, and in some cases I, I agree with them and that makes me step back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, or, or they're. And then people like, you know, Don Jr. and, you know, maybe not Tucker, but a lot of Republicans are Mm co-opting things, like, see, this is what the Democrats do. Mm -hmm. And then these get, you know, 4,000 retweets, Mm -hmm. Um, and then other people are creating, um, creating posts that are separate so you don't necessarily see them. Uh, so there's a lot of that going around. And then there are a couple of Republicans, of course, I can't remember who right now, who have made really good, strong statements. I mean, I think it's a bunch of bullshit from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Like like Lindsey Graham, I, I believe, said something, and I can't remember what he said, but Lindsey Graham is the same person that a couple of years ago talked about getting a DNA test and said, imagine if I, it turns out I'm Iranian. You wow. know, you know, so like it's it's all fake. Any yeah. any support for the protesters is absolutely fake, wow. uh, right? In my opinion, gotcha. from gotcha. from the Republican Party, yeah, for, for the most part, well, yeah. especially the bad actors. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this
1: whole deal that they keep they keep saying, you know, the Biden administration <sighs> seized right. fentanyl, like it's bad. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And then what I hate, and I just have to say this, I just have to say this. They don't believe that it's bad. They know that it's Man. good. I wish people would stop tweeting that they believe that it's bad. It's not about what Republicans believe. They are propagandists yeah. and they put out intentional messaging and they know better. Mm-hmm. So let's not give them that benefit of the doubt. Um, also, exactly. <laughs> uh, now you also talked about. The nuclear deal and that it would be a, a, a mistake um, that you said entry to Iran nuclear deal should not be an option at this time and the administration should be firm about that position, which they sometimes are. So please forgive my ignorance on this. Could you just talk a little bit about it because I can't.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So back in 2015, the original nuclear deal, I was part of a very small minority of Iranian-Americans that was actually against that deal because my attitude was always, you do not make a deal with a snake, w- hmm. which is how I perceived Iran. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and that was, and, and I understand that maybe I was wrong because, yeah, I would fight with my own family about it because mm-hmm. they perceived it as, do you want Iran to turn into North Korea? That would be even worse. Uh, which, which could happen, it could isolate the rest of the world if they make the, the bombs like North Korea has. Uh, so that, and, and at the time of the 2009 protests, which I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit, but Obama didn't really outwardly support the protesters. And those protests were about reform following the death of another girl. Uh, another young girl who was protesting because they believed that there was a the election was rigged, which I am sure it was. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it over there the elections really are rigged. Mm-hmm. It's not like here. I mean, right. Republicans are doing what they can to rig it, but it's not like you know they decide there who they want to win. Mm-hmm. They have they watch you vote. I mean, it's just a lot of people don't vote because it's. A system that you shouldn't vote in because it's such a fake system. That, yeah. uh, but back in 2009, Obama didn't really support the protesters, and that was really hurtful. Hmm. Recently, and then in in the meantime, he was at that time negotiating with the regime. Uh, recently, Obama gave a beautiful speech where he said that he made him, he thinks it was a mistake to not listen more to the protesters. Hmm. And to not have come out with a stronger he didn't he didn't say getting into the nuclear deal was a mistake, but he said not getting into um not supporting the protesters, yeah, was a mistake. And so that that's another thing that's actually been very much amplified now,, uh, you know, and and spun a different way, spun to say that, you know, he regrets getting into the nuclear deal, for example, which is not what he said. Yeah. But having said that, and Biden seems to get it. it, it they seem to have changed course, uh, and Biden seems to get it. But then you have someone like the envoy for Iran, um, Rob Malley. Mm -hmm. You know, after, uh, you know, this this is a month into the protest. People are are asking for regime change. 100,000 Iranian-Americans and allies showed up in Berlin. Uh, Thousands showed up in various cities in the United States, just echoing the same things that were being stated in Iran, which is regime change. This isn't reformable. And, I mean, Secretary Envoy... uh, the Iran envoy, Mm -hmm. he, Rob Malley, makes a comment about women fighting for their dignity. I mean, that, that just made it so small, and it just, it told me that Mr. Malley has, either is siding with the oppressor for whatever reasons, or... He didn't take the time to actually understand what's happening Mm -hmm. or talk to people to understand what's happening or he would have never made such a tone deaf comment. And there have been a bunch of tone deaf comments Mm -hmm. um, or lack of fixing it right away. Because one thing I'll say about uh, Iranians is that we are actually very forgiving. And you know a really authentic apology would go a long way. And what, when people say they won't accept it, I think a lot a lot of them are bad actors. But I think for the most people, that would be acceptable. Um, and he did he did apologize, but not to the extent that right. maybe he should have. Or he didn't change it. He just said basically like we're going to let Iranians talk, I, I can't speak for them, or something something right. to that effect, right, which right. is sort of a halfway. I, I, a lot of people are now, I, a petition was started yesterday to have him removed hmm. um, and for for Biden to uh, appoint someone else, and I think that, I definitely agree with that as well, because I just don't think there's going to be trust in the community or in Iran, and I, I think that while Biden is making strong statements, someone like Mali is more about diplomacy. And mm-hmm. the word diplomacy the words diplomacy with Iran right now for the diaspora and for Iranians in Iran, but I can't speak for them as much, but I can speak for the diaspora is just so cringe mm-hmm. because you can't negotiate with a state. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. It's like
1: Wow. And then I know you also talked about the Mandela Barnes tweet. Now, this was from uh, January 1st, 2015. And right. I'm going to let you talk about that again, because you have a lot more information and knowledge than I do.
0: Yes. Um, so uh, Wisconsin Senate candidate Mandela Barnes tweeted in, tweeted a reply to Khamenei who is the supreme leader of Iran, and he is responsible for every death, every arrest, every oppression of kids, adults, um, since for not for 43 years, but ever since he's been in power and possibly even before that, because he was part of the government before that. Um, and Mandela Barnes in 2015 uh, sorry, Harmony in 2015 tweeted something about uh, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and, um, and Mandela Barnes replied to him you know, the the leader of Iran something to the effect of, the leader of Iran is supporting BLM I hope this is like some fantastic year for you and yours mm-hmm. and somehow that was found, and I'm sure it wasn't some innocent Iranian looking for that and finding it, and that's what I mean by, you know, at bad faith, people mm-hmm. finding things in bad faith, and mm-hmm. manipulating context and, in bad faith to mm-hmm. co opt certain movements, but that received, if you even just look at that tweet, it receives so many comments and so many quote tweets, and a lot of people ask, him to delete it and apologize Mm -hmm. and he has done neither and I wonder if his digital team or you know the Dems he works with are like oh it's just Wisconsin there's no real community in Wisconsin I wouldn't worry about it or for whatever reason nothing that I've seen shows that he has stepped retracted in any way Mm -hmm. and I've been a Democrat my entire life um never voted for a Republican and I and I wouldn't Now, either but if I lived in Wisconsin I would not be able to vote for him because of that because it would be going against my family who had been political prisoners under Khamenei's regime and the fact that Barnes for whatever reason refused to address it just makes it extra awful and Don Jr. for one that's why I brought him up because I saw that he he amplified the tweet uh, as did many many other bad Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so but it but it's just hurtful and mm-hmm. it's really hurtful that someone that I would want to support mm-hmm. doesn't think it's important enough to address it. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, the biggest concern I have, he's right, you know, if, if this is the thick mentality that Wisconsin doesn't have Iranian Americans, but those messages end up Uh, being, having an effect in, for example, California elections where Orange County is, you know, could go either way, the districts there, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, and it's it's a tough call when a Democrat is saying things like that, and with everything's going on, I can see it affecting elections in other areas where it would make a difference there's a huge population of Iranian Americans in Southern California and, you know, just even yeah. with little local elections, it could make a difference. So yeah. I think, I think, um, the party in general should be aware of things like that, not just with Iranian Americans, but whatever those similar types of scenarios mm-hmm. are for other groups, uh, as well. Yeah. You know, and I
1: think, Yeah, go ahead. No, that's it. I mean, I just agree with you. I'm just agreeing. But I think it's important. (laughs) I mean, right now, I believe 30 Democrats are urging Biden to consider peace talks or, you know, with with Putin. And again, that goes back to trying to negotiate with the snake. Um, Mm -hmm. As much as I would like to you know, believe that would be possible. I just don't think it is. And then someone someone tweeted out. I don't remember. I mean, I, I think I might have retweeted somebody. Yeah, I think it was Greg Oliar, and he said that it was the mm-hmm. equivalent, to, was it that? I, I don't I'm not going to say the wrong thing. So <laughs> ultimately, somebody said, you know, here cue the f- circular firing squad. and and I came in and I said, oh this is God. not a circular firing squad. We, we can still criticize our own party and support our mm-hmm. own party. And I know that we're getting up to an election and it's really important, and we all want to be really careful about what we say. but I, I genuinely don't believe, that Jamie Raskin or whoever is supporting this is going to lose votes because he's mm-hmm. suggesting peace talks. Um, I think that it's right. just it's just unrealistic, and I think it's important for you know Americans or people to you know say, hey, w- we don't agree with this. That is not right. a circular firing squad. <laughs> it, there right. there is one thing when you go off and you attack somebody, but if you say, mm-hmm. I wish that the Democrats would say this, or I would I would like for them to take this you know, thing. And I don't agree with their current one. Again, it's not an attack. And I think we need to recognize the difference. And while, of course, you know, we we have to be very, very, very careful before this election. I don't believe this is going to rip off any votes from anybody. Um, Yeah. You know, it's just it's just people need to this is a democracy. And this is what democracy is all about. We're not Mm -hmm. the ones The people who want to see more effective messaging from the Democratic Party are not attacking the party. It's you know I always yeah. like to take it to a sports analogy where when you watch a game and, you know, you go after the game and you watch the game with your coach and your coach is like, OK, here's what you did right and here's what you did wrong so that we can improve the next game. I think that's what it's really all about. Right. And we have to take that approach and stop getting so fucking scared every time somebody brings up something that isn't completely positive about Democrats. Because as much as I'm a fucking full blown Democrat and, I'm, and okay. I did vote and I voted blue down the line, you know, they're not above criticism they just aren't sometimes they make great i you know they do they execute great plans and you know we all know that the democrats are the only thing standing in the way of authoritarianism right now and so Mm -hmm. we need them to be as strong as possible and of course we are democrats and so that democrats so that just means that we are you know all over the fucking place some of us are a lot more progressive than others and so everybody's got an opinion Mm -hmm. and it's hurting cats and etc etc but i just wish people would stop getting so you know they they clutch their pearls if you if you are like could you please say something different to a democrat it's like ah, it's not you're not going to lose I any know. votes over it so don't worry about that it's like when you're I screaming i totally agree <laughs> with you and i think
0: people don't seem to just understand the the difference mm-hmm. you know like yeah, they there get scared. Are plenty of tweets that are like they're, they're not creating any value and they're just attacking. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. But I think criticism is important mm-hmm. and, or, or a gentle way of saying, look, you're wrong on this. Right. You know, yeah. and I think if we don't do it, it's more hurtful because it's like we're ignoring yes. something that happened or we're not supporting Ukraine. I've seen, I've seen tweets that have been retweeted by Democrat people I thought were Democrats, but are very, uh, Connected to the Ukraine issue, mm. saying "vote all these people out" with mm. a screenshot of the thirty people. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah no, that's, that's a, a lot. Mo-
0: that more dangerous. Yeah, but trying to reach out and speak yes, to them yes, or yes. you know understand.
1: Yeah, the idea of "vote all people out" is not the same. Of, Please take that tweet down be- exactly. because we want you to understand how it hurts. You know, Iranians and living in in anywhere. Um, right. So, I wanted to ask you a couple things about uh, America and what's going on yeah. over here, but I want to make sure that we covered everything you wanted to cover with Iran. Is there anything else you want to add?
0: I think, I think that we are, I think that we did.
1: Well, that's good. All right. Well, then, um, I want to know, first of all, how, how are you feeling? And I've asked this for months <laughs> to my different guests. How are you feeling about
0: the midterms? What are your thoughts? I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm really nervous. Um, between between what we know they've tried to do with voters, uh, the intimidation tactics, mm-hmm. and all the things that we probably don't know now, but we'll find out right. later when it won't matter, mm-hmm. I'm very, very nervous. And the disinformation. Yeah. just. It's been hell, and I think that if people choose a lower gas price, allegedly, mm-hmm. because, you know, I've never seen Demo- uh, Republicans reduce my expenses. Exactly. And I've had various <laughs> salaries in my lifetime, you know? <laughs> And any, any Republican I ask, i was like, can you give me a year where the Republicans cut your taxes, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about people who don't have multiple businesses or whatever. Of course, I don't have billionaire friends or anything, but uh, but they've never been able to say, "Yeah, this is what helped me that they did." Right from a financial standpoint. But if it's like if you're saving, you know, three dollars, and I don't mean to be snobby, I understand that money is an issue Mm -hmm. and making ends meet is a big issue. But I think. If we lose our democracy, we're going to be paying a hell of a lot oh, more yeah. for a lot of things <laughs> and working a lot harder mm-hmm. for less.
1: Yeah, and so will it's true. There
0: be maybe percent of the population that's doing really well. Yeah, uh, who are part of the new regime. So, I'm scared.
1: Yeah, well, I'm. I mean, I of course, I am too. And. Um... I I do have cautious optimism. I don't know if you follow Simon Rosenberg, but uh, he was a guest on my show on Thursday. And I I, I like to follow him because I believe that the polling and and the way that he focuses on polling is a little bit more accurate. I think we're we're hearing a lot of uh, television tried and true pundits who have gone through many elections in yesteryears who are making the assumption that because it happened in 1992, it's going to happen now. And that does not mean that we are out of the, you know, out of trouble. This Simon maintains this is a close election. It will be a close election and we need everybody to participate. So this is not a time to just fall back and go, hey, it's great. But the numbers that he's posting, in fact, he did it thread today and he was talking about how the I think it's like real clear politics and also 538 is I think half of the polls that they are going by are Republican polls and so it's not necessarily giving an accurate picture and I have maintained this and you know once we have this election and we find out what the numbers are I'll see if I was correct but I I Mm -hmm. genuinely feel that you know, we saw what happened in Kansas. There was no reason for people to come out in that election and that because there was just nothing for Democrats to vote for. But they came mm-hmm. out in droves to save abortion. And right. I think that that, is, that speaks volumes. And then also add to that. We have all these new uh, Democrats who have been registering to vote, and they mm-hmm. are not being counted in these polls because the polls are not Taking you know, fresh new voters into account, or maybe right. it's somebody who was an independent or a, a Republican. And now they're like, okay, I'm going to be a Democrat because of Roe. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know that democ- like right now I was listening to Chris Hayes and I've, I've seen some polls out there. Democracy is on the top of the ticket, which I absolutely think it should be. <laughs> it should have been absolutely. this this whole time, but we all know that striking Roe down. I knew striking roe down was going to cause a surge of engagement and so you add to roe you add climate <clears throat> excuse me you add the gun situation and mm-hmm. um democracy itself and then you know i also had santiago my uh mayor on my show who i don't know if you know who he is but oh my I god he is, he started, I wish, I think it's called Voters for Tomorrow. He started that in 2017. I believe he was mm-hmm. only 17 at the time. And oh it has God. really, and oh my God, when when he talks, it's like listening to a 50-something-year-old who's been in politics their whole <laughs> life. He's so savvy. He's so, um, he understands the political process. And basically, they are a, a, a group that lobbies for youth and for the for all of the things that young people value, and we know as a voting block, young people are generally not coming out to elections. But now th- this is again when Simon, following Simon, he you know whether it's the Hispanic vote or you know different things he focuses on, but he's been focusing on the Hispanic vote, the youth vote. There, there is a huge movement of young people who started voting in 2016, and it's only increased. And so we're seeing numbers right now, like in Georgia, we're seeing 20% more voters than in 2020. Now, we're just seeing voters. We don't know if they're Democrat or Republican. Wow. And I do know that, you know, clearly there's going to, Republicans are very energized. So we're, we're going to have to assume that some of those voters are Republican. But I think because Republicans are behaving so erratically and ir- irresponsibly and toxic and violent and all of this, I, I think that there's a large pushback. So I am cautiously optimistic that while we are up against some really scary odds, some really unfortunate gerrymandering, Nate Cohen wrote a uh, or Nate Cohn wrote a piece for the New York Times uh, a couple of weeks ago, saying very specifically that the Democrats in the past have been in worst-case scenarios and have won so wow yeah so i think we we are saturated with this you know mean street or or like cable news opinion Mm. from these pundits already
0: telling us that that we lost yeah you know and that's a form of
1: suppression and it makes people feel like what's the point we need to stop listening to them and you know i mean it doesn't mean all the polls are wrong it just means that you know there's republican polls out there there's there's outlier polls there's this poll there's that poll mm-hmm. i think we just need to understand that not i mean in fact yesterday somebody <laughs> i like to occasionally answer my phone when i see spam risk because I want (laughs) to see if it's just some idiot, you know, trying to fuck with me, and then I fuck with them back. But in this case, it was a local representative from Maryland just making sure that I voted. Now, I'm going to guess most people who get these spam calls don't even answer them. So they're not even being polled. And, you know, I, I just don't think we can sit back and rely solely on polling. We just have to Look at all of what's going on. I think that – and then, and then on top of it, here I am preaching, and I'll get off my soapbox in a minute, but, um, <laughs> but I think that you know, if we, can, we can be optimistic and realistic at the same time. So we can say, yeah, I think we have a good shot at winning. We just have to show up. And that is so much more inspiring than the Republicans are going to win when, when I hear that defeatist attitude, it's like, then what's the point? What's the point of fighting? I I
0: mean, if you, if you accept that, you know, the other side's going to win, if you accept a loss now or think it's even an option, you help to create that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I completely agree with you on polling. Um, I don't, I generally don't rely too much on polls because it depends on how the questions were Mm -hmm. worded and who, right. Exactly. There's so many things. I saw this a lot with impeachment. Right. um, Because I looked at all that because I was a big advocate for impeachment. Well, before we impeach, as I think, I believe you were as well. Um, But the big thing that I think, that we're missing is this younger generation mm-hmm. and, and just tying it back to Iran for a minute mm-hmm. is I think there's, you know, the Iranian generation set up the young generation they're fed up, but they also have a certain attitude that um about change where they know what they want mm-hmm. and they're going to fight to get it. And I, I really wonder if that's across that hmm. age group mm-hmm. here too. And I think, Maybe, I think we yeah. should focus on, younger, much younger people um, when it comes to midterms, and I think they could really make the change, Yeah, because could. they do care, even here, they do care about certain things like climate, right? like road, and of course, Republicans, there are plenty of young Republicans, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't think the number's anywhere close, I mean, that's just my
1: yeah. That's like a theory. guess. Yeah. That's a theory. <laughs> I, I have the same theory. And I mean, you know, of course, what we don't want to do is make people feel like, oh, well, it's in the bag because it's not in the bag. Mm-hmm. This is this. Right. I'm nervous, too. I'm I'm scared. And, you know, I mean, I feel like what happens in this election is literally going to determine the fate of the country and mm-hmm. we have to win or I don't. We're we're going to be in a very bad way, and I know you know. I mean, we see like Russia, Saudi Arabia, and other autocracies mm-hmm. pushing for that Republican win, and we're seeing it. It's unfortunate because not only do co- other countries want us to turn into an author- authoritarian state for their own benefit, you know, we've we've got our our mainstream media. Is yeah. owned by oligarchs, and so you can turn on MSNBC and you can watch Lawrence O'Donnell kicking ass and and making solid points. But then you know you go turn on Morning Joe, who I'm not a big <laughs> fan of, and I know some uh. people love him because he doesn't like Trump. But just because you don't like Trump makes you th- that does not mean you're the best ally. I mean,
0: he, if you were he were women, nobody would know his name. That's <laughs> I'm just gonna say that because he's, right. he's, to me he's so mediocre. Yes.
1: He is. He's totally you know, okay. I... <laughs> but I think he speaks to a certain generation of Democrats. Sure. And, you know, I, I mean, I know people love to hear, I hate Trump. And for me, that's not enough. I don't no. care. I don't care if it, all you hate is Trump. There are so many other issues, and, and there's all this both sides in going on. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've got the, you know, whether it's CNN or MSNBC or whatever, um, I think that there are voices on those networks who are not doing america any favors with their bullshit and um, so i mean we're up against so much and I, I i hope that we are able to find our way out of it and then i also just i know we're coming to a close but i want to bring up a couple of different things and one mm-hmm. um we just heard today that adidas finally after all kinds mm-hmm. of pressure dropped kanye and I guess now he's also been taken off the billionaires list because of this. Which, haha, ha, I know that meant <laughs> something to him. <laughs> uh, so that's a good thing. But it's quite scary to to see this. I mean, gr- you know, we've been seeing this kind of of rhetoric rising ever since Trump, and you know, right. whether it's people of color, whether it's you know, I, I, if you're just not white if you're not white if right. you're not a white man then you have a target on your back for the republicans and it used to be that they were they would try to kind of like play around and they're not even playing around and hiding anymore no. so what do you think as far as what's happening with Kanye okay let me just say it this way first we see Kanye saying he wants to go defcon 3 on uh, on <coughs> jewish people and and then we see that he loses, you know, Vogue And I don't know, there was a couple other I don't know, there were more than one And then Adidas finally right. dropped him Now, in, in that bigger picture Where A, he made those comments And then B, he Fortunately suffered some kind of a consequence For that, where do you think that Leads us, even, like the party Has not taken down that fucking tweet From the judiciary, House Judiciary That said uh, Kanye, Elon And Donald Or I think it was Donald right. Um, they're leaving that up. So where do you see us in in their extremism, and, and especially with this anti-Semitism stuff?
0: It, that terrifies me. Yeah. That really terrifies me. I read recently, within the last couple of days, that half of the hate crimes, uh, according to FBI, are uh, – against jewish people jewish americans and even though they're only about like two percent of the population yeah uh so it makes me nervous these are things that people would never be able to uh, could have never said Mm -hmm. and had a platform Mm -hmm. afterwards i mean maybe they said it behind closed doors i think they did it's but now they're just doubling down on it they're Mm -hmm. walking around saying that it's you know they they won't lose contracts and you know trump makes comments everybody says that it's not everybody but the bad guys oh no that's not anti-semitic <laughs> right. um, and we all know it is yeah we all know that you know lesser comments are when mm-hmm. when said by Dems, which there definitely are some Dems who have haven't been as woke as we all would like them to see whether mm-hmm. it's anti mm-hmm. semitism or hate. I see mm-hmm. a lot of hate all around. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's growing. It may, the violence aspect of it makes me nervous and mm-hmm. the rhetoric, people people receiving flyers, yeah. Uh, you know on their cars at their homes in Jewish neighborhood is just horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I think we have to make a stand. I think I I am not Jewish, but I have so many amazing Jewish people in my life that I want to be their ally, and I try to be an ally uh, by supporting them. And just as much as I know that those same people in my life support me Mm -hmm. on things relating to Iran or or outside of that, but we we have to fight hate everywhere, every time we Mm. see it, because if we don't fight it when it's somebody other than us –
1: then exactly.
0: Yeah. It, it's coming for us. Yeah,
1: I mean it's, you know, I, I I've seen it, it drives me nuts. Like James Carville yesterday posted something and he said, you know, uh I don't know if he said we told you, but he said like Republicans said that they were going to come for abortion and we mm-hmm. didn't believe them. And it's like Hold on James. Yeah. <laughs> I believe them. Yeah, I oh, yeah. I back in 2002, I was telling my girlfriend, this is what they're going to do and she's like, "No yeah. they won't." And I'm like, "You watch." And I mean, it took a while, but I was right. And it's like, I don't need fucking James Carville coming here telling us. And mm-hmm. it's not that I think he's my enemy, but you know, again, he to <laughs> me represents kind of the old school i have said this before i'm gonna say it one more time in 2018 at the start of the midterms he came out and basically shot down any hope democrats have had, had of winning and he was okay. wrong so i was grateful he was wrong but i think that mm-hmm. there are outdated uh takes on things and
0: absolutely it just
1: fucking pissed me off to have some man shake his finger at twitter and say oh <laughs> you know we didn't listen no Women were listening. Did you see the fucking March in 2017? Women right. have been paying attention. We've been warning this. We've been told that, oh, you're. it's never going to – they're never going to get rid of Roe. My favorite argument was like, they're not going to get rid of it because they need it for fundraising. And I kept saying, they can still use <laughs> – they can get rid of it and still use it for fundraising. Democrats are going to bring back abortion. We need money easy it's like god it's not that hard to figure out and it drives me fucking nuts when i see that and it's like you know he's coming from a place where i know he thinks he's doing a good thing but he just pissed he pissed a lot of women off with that tweet because it was like dude
0: we've been paying attention
1: you know i know people okay. agree with him but oh that tone deaf
0: that's just another tone deaf <laughs> take and when yes. it comes from outside it's more appalling because people should reach out to mm-hmm. others who might know, you know, mm-hmm. he's not a woman. I He probably never had an abortion. So. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> you know, I mean, he doesn't understand what else is at stake here. Uh, I'm not sure if he's an attorney and understands the makeup of the Supreme Court and everything they want to go after, yeah. really.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just, all privacy. it's just, it's sickening. It's yeah. sickening and it just drives me crazy. And I just, I, I'm sick and tired of hearing from, from men who Mm -hmm. are splainers and he was being a splainer and it just pissed me off. And he was shaking his finger and it just, um, okay. Last thing that we're going to talk about, which is probably my least favorite thing, but I want to add something, uh, (laughs) afterwards. So I don't want to forget. And it's more positive. So it looks like Elon Musk might buy Twitter. Uh, I hope not. I, it looks like, you know, Biden might try to stop this with certain, uh, I think it has to do with the the fact that he got money from Saudis, and then it becomes a national security threat. And I don't know if he's going to be successful, but um, I don't know how it affects you. But I have to say, aside from my fear of fascism, I think Elon Musk owning Twitter is something that can make me turn immediately into a complete. I'm completely afraid. I'm scared what's going to happen. And, and, and what I think is people don't take it seriously because Twitter is so important. Everybody is on Twitter. Every journalist, every, you know, world leaders. Right. Um, so while people like to say, oh, it's just Twitter. No, it's not just Twitter. If he lets Donald Trump back on, that is mm-hmm. a threat to everybody, including people who do not use Twitter, who have never had a Twitter handle. It will affect your life personally. And so... People who say it drives me fucking nuts when I see people go, well, I'm not on Twitter anyway. I'm just going to yeah. leave Twitter like, oh, it's not going to affect me, but it will affect you. <laughs> Kanye, <And> I... <laughs> Elon, Donald,
0: right? Girl? Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, are you feeling the same way? Do you think that him owning Twitter is just going to be fucking catastrophic? Because
0: I do. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. I don't know if I'll say uh, maybe for a little while, but. Uh, if if it turns into what he claims it'll be, you know, his mm-hmm. free speech is such yeah. bullshit. Yeah. He ha- he has his employees sign non-disclosure agreements right. when he <laughs> settles with them in lawsuits. You know, he blocks people. Like yeah. it, it's just complete. It's basically like fascism. Speech is okay. Let mm-hmm. me use the n-word. That's mm-hmm. what these free speeches want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> meanwhile, they're banning books. Yes. And, you know, you can't call somebody a racist or. Yeah. When they're being racist, yeah. because that hurts feelings. So yeah, I'm very scared on um, of all of it because they're buying media. They've been buying mm-hmm. media, and now they're onto social media. Yeah, um, we've got
1: we've got uh, Zuckerberg over at Facebook and Instagram, and he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't trust him. So it, no. it, it it's like and and the thing is is if if it were only about this bullshit free speech thing, that mm-hmm. would. That would just make the site unpleasant. And I think that it, it's mm-hmm. a much more dire threat of, again, national security and what mm-hmm. would be acceptable on this kind of site, on the site and what it would become. It would become, I, okay, you know, I like it, to, I liken it to this. I was a little late to the internet, but I believe it was like in 1997, I got AOL and i you know i finally got my email and all of that and then they mm-hmm. had these chat rooms and the chat rooms initially were they were fun. People were like, oh, my God, look, it's a chat room. And, you know, everybody's laughing mm-hmm. and having fun. And it didn't take long until they turned into these pits of hell. It was it was like these horrible places to go. It was <sighs> no longer fun. People were either awful. They were spamming with porn or, or violence or whatever it was. Jeez. But it was like – and I feel like that's going to happen with Twitter where we have this one site where if you are like me – And on all day long. And a lot of us are a lot of us political Mm -hmm. junkies are on Twitter all day long. Even if you're sitting at your desk working, you got your phone, and you're checking your Twitter, breaking news, you find out, you know, and if you're following political people, if you're on political Twitter, you're getting a lot of your news from Twitter. And the nice thing about Twitter is that it's like, you're getting it from all different opinions. So, right. you know, you're, you're seeing what Bill Crystal has to say about it and you're seeing what Barack Obama has to say about it. And so you're, you're getting, uh, you know, there is a benefit to it. And so it really scares me. I want to say though, it that, me too. <laughs> it, it's just awful. And it puts me in such a horrible mood,
0: but I'm um, thinking about the algorithms they'll yes. be using.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. It, uh, Okay, so the good news portion of this, at least it's good and hopeful, and I spoke about this briefly today on my patrons-only show. Um, It's not out yet, but I have been talking to this guy for – well, I've known this guy for five years. I'm not going to talk about who he is right now, but Mm -hmm. I have been talking to him in the last year about a website that he's working on. Now, he and this other guy are working on it. They got a grant. I've seen it. I'm actually part of it right now. It is not public. Mm. Um, it's it's not it has not you know it's not up yet but I, they're just working out a few glitches but it looks very promising and wh- and I I had to sign something about this just because I you know they don't want me sharing information with anybody who might steal ideas so I can't be too I can't say it too much but this is what I'm gonna say and this is what I said on my patrons only show. This website would be completely different. It pretty much looks like Twitter or Facebook. It's very similar, but there mm-hmm. are there's added benefits in that the owners of this site, at least at this point, and I know the owner of this site, you know, they will not allow um, the kind of trolling and hate speech. They're not going to have the lax kind of rules like Twitter. But beyond that, mm-hmm. there's a benefit to all the users, and it's a benefit. So when you go on to Twitter. Outside of being able to tweet and read other tweets and what the website stands for, that's your benefit, is that you get your news right. and this. There are other benefits to the users of this news site that I can't get into but sure there are benefits that every single person wants <laughs> so Ooh, and, that and, sounds good yeah and now i sounds really
0: good i'll be looking for it that it does
1: it sounds great and so i'm not exactly sure you know who knows it might fail i have no idea i hope it doesn't fail but if it happens to become successful the plan is i know this uh, gentleman is talking to a number of Of um, people on Twitter who have blue checks and some bigger platforms and he's doing what Mm -hmm. he's doing with me and he's showing everybody here's what we're offering what do you think of it we're giving him our feedback they're going and fixing anything that isn't working properly once it's ready to go I believe we're going to have this push from someone they're all going to be political people because that's the world he's in Mm -hmm. so it'll be a push to get people to you know hey go try this now I want to just say real quick I joined Tribal, which is the Occupy Democrat founder's website. Um, Mm -hmm. I am not a fan. I don't know if you have seen the recent tweets about them and they're not being transparent. And if somebody questions them, uh, Rafael uh, Rivera blocks them. He's one of the owners of Twin Brothers. I've had my own experiences Mm -hmm. with those two in the past. And I mean, they used to meme me all the time, and we had a pleasant relationship. And then a couple of things happened where I didn't like what they did, and I did call them out in a group where everybody could see what I said. And I called them mm-hmm. out, and they didn't like that, and we, we got into it. And, and, then, and then we did make up. Years later, we made mm-hmm. up. And so I I, I joined tribal and I hated it because it was just like Facebook and it was only men hitting on me constantly. And it was, you know, so then I I saw the uh, complaints from, I believe Hamish Mitchell is one who talks about their sketchy practices. And then most recently Travis Akers did a report Mm -hmm. on tribal and was talking about how signing up to it is, you know, it can fuck you up as far as your information, you know, they have certain, I mean, that, that's, I think in many cases, you're going to find that on the internet a lot, but still, you know, you want to be mindful of it, but most importantly, they take in a lot of money, and they just Mm -hmm. pay themselves, and, and that's all, you can see it, all people keep, you know, Hamish put that up, Travis put that up, they pay themselves, and, and then if you question them, they block you, so, they're
0: just, um, which is crazy that they're still making money because that that part of it, if you just look at their data, uh, somebody shared it with me a couple of years ago, uh, you know, where, where they hadn't donated anything mm-hmm. exactly. to any candidate.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I, they're very good at messaging. I mean, I think they're mm-hmm. actually brilliant at messaging. Their memes are all over the place and for good reason because, you know, they, they are good at that. But You know, those two, I'm not, I'm not, I just, I'm not a fan. And so my experience over at Tribal was a genuine one. I thought, all right, well, Mm -hmm. I hate Elon Musk. And as much as I'm not a big fan of, you know, the Rivero brothers, I know they're not Elon Musk. So um, let me go check it out. And I just hated it. I hated it because I I made the mistake of answering one mail. It was like an email. And it was like, I said, you know, I'm not here to flirt. I'm just here to work. Mm -hmm. Have a nice day. Oh my God, the guy wouldn't let up. So I I oh, finally geez. I just I just got rid of it. Cause it was like I, I only men were friending me. And then they would as soon as I would accept their friendship, they which was very much just like Facebook, you know, they the DMs start. Hi, beautiful. Ah. you know, what are you doing? I want to be your friend. Can we be friends? I was like, oh my God. God so it's creepy. like I just hated it. So this this new website, I, I know there's going to take it's gonna be time but there's mm-hmm. nothing out there like it so i'm just teasing everybody with this information and hopefully this might be the thing that we're all looking for we won't know till it happens so uh, right. you know just kind of wanted to at end least it somebody's with that.
0: working on something i yeah. think that part is really important and yes. receiving feedback from people who are familiar with with twitter yes so yeah. you know uh, and and the added benefits sound great um, there's you know, but we, I think we all have a love-hate relationship
1: with each other. <laughs> Hopefully yes, there'll be more love. I mean, I think, you know, with any website, there's going to be something that, you know, oh, I'd rather have it this way or whatever. But, you know, it would. I just remember uh, before, and I'll shut up after this, but before um, Facebook started really deciding they were going to suppress political stuff, especially Mm -hmm. liberal stuff because we know that even though Republicans were affected negatively by this, I was blogging in 2013, 2012, 2013, and it was just organic reach, right? So if you had Mm -hmm. an article that was like a a potential viral article, it would go viral because it wasn't being suppressed by the website. And then eventually they decided, oh, we're going to change things up. And so I can just give you on my modest little blog – which was I worked uh, with somebody somebody on Liberals Unite. And, I mean, we had maybe four or five writers. It wasn't mm-hmm. like Ross story. It wasn't that big. But it was, you know, we had a lot of Facebook pages. We had a lot of reach. Plus, we had partnerships with other people who had big Facebook pages. So when we posted our articles, I would say an average day was anywhere between three 300, 300, and 500,000 views on everything just for wow. the whole day. And toward the end, when um eventually facebook got rid of my uh profile and a a number of our pages um because we were we were doing exactly what newswire is doing right now on twitter i think it's newswire is it newswire i don't know it's what the news are you thinking of
0: newsmax
1: not newsmax it's it's something wire it's it's the republicans and i know ben shapiro is on it but um they're doing exactly what we were doing. It's just sharing articles with friends and reposting them on pages. And they said that was some kind of inauthentic something behavior, and they shut us all down. And, uh, but prior to that shutting down, so, okay, let's say 2013, an average day was 500,000 views on our blog posts. Average days were maybe 30,000, 10,000 views. So, the, you know, wow. they suppressed our reach in such a big way. And I believe that on this new website, there, obviously there will be algorithms as far, <laughs> you know, there's always going to be an algorithm. But I don't think that they're going to, to mess around with them because what they want is that the person who's starting the site you know, is, is a kind person and wants everybody not right. only to have a good experience, but to have a, their own benefit from it. So, you know, fingers crossed, right. I, I hope that this works because it sounds interesting and I do need some good fucking news in my life. So, <laughs> oh
0: my God, me too. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, algorithms can unintentionally do things too, mm-hmm. you know, but, but because you've got computer programmers right. writing it and they might not. Understand the political and social aspects that could be affected based right. on right, but in my personal opinion, with Facebook and I think there's a lot of evidence. It's very intentional and mm-hmm. it's very intentional mm-hmm. in other platforms. I believe yeah. Yeah. Um, intentional manipulation, intentional right-wing amplification, right, and it is liberal it is suppression. Yeah.
1: Because it, is it the Daily Wire? I think it might be the Daily Wire. That's oh, a, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. And, and, and so, you know, I mean, if you look on, um, I think it's like, you know, blog sites or whatever, number one blog sites are these, you know, these right-wing sites that are getting all <laughs> their um, reach on Facebook. And again, doing exactly, you know, they, they, it was October 11th in 2018, and they got rid of, I can't remember, it was like 800 different pages and profiles, And, um, yeah, it was across the board. It was Democratic. It was Republican. um, And I believe the reason they did that was because they wanted to show Congress, hey, look, we can self-regulate. We don't need you poking your noses around in our business. And so I just happened to lose everything I had built. I had Uh, had 5,000 friends and 16,000 followers, and it was a robust page. Plus I had, you know, other public pages that were 300,000 people on them, you know, 500,000 people. I'm all gone. And they never came back. And and what was even worse was I was told by two people who worked at Facebook that, because I I was able, people were like, hey, you know, I know a friend who works at Facebook. Let me get you help. And they both said, your page was not supposed to be shut down and it's going to come back up. And then it was never, it never came back up. So, well, my profile, I should say. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I, I hate Facebook right now because I feel like, you know, you're not allowed to say white trash. If you say white trash bag. You get in trouble so um, you know God forbid you criticize white people on on Facebook. Um, it just pisses me off so much but anyway, so I need to stop ranting now because I told you at the beginning of this call I'm in a mood <laughs>
0: And I, I hear you, and I agree <laughs> with you on Facebook. The good news is a lot of the young generation that we talked about earlier they're not. thinks Facebook is for old people, so they're <laughs> not know. seeing that amplification.
1: <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Scully, it was super fun talking to you, and I'm just, uh, it's really good to have your voice because I'm going to start paying attention now to what's going on a little bit more, to what's going on in Iran. Thank you for all of your education. I think it's extremely important. And before I let you go, will you please let everybody know where to find you?
0: Yes. Um, my Twitter handle is Dana, D-A-A, D, sorry, D-A-N-A-S-C-O-T-T-L-O. So it's Dana Scottlow. Um, and I think that would probably be the best place to find me at this time.
1: Okay. And then I have put that link into the Patreon description of your show, uh, of my show. Um, If you are listening to this on Stitcher or on MSW Media, you can always just head over to patreon.com slash startmeup. Find this episode, click on her link, or just go to Twitter as the way she uh, spelled it out. She's Scully on Twitter. And of course, I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget the extra E at the end of my name. My books are on Amazon. And once again, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me, and especially for letting me speak about what's happening in Iran. I really appreciate you, your friendship, and everything I've learned from you
1: as oh, well. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you.